Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. My name's Pete, and I grew up in a rickety shack in the middle of a rich suburb. Dad had been offered multiple times by the rich newcomers to buy his land, but he never sold, despite the high offers. He was waiting for the price to skyrocket. You know, son, in matters of investment, you gotta hold. If you hold long enough, the thing you hold on to increases in value exponentially. Dad saved every penny that he could spare. For the rainy day, he always used to say. He was a regimented man. He did everything by the book. Everything had to be in its place. He always drilled into me how I needed to divide my life into segments and achieve specific goals. School. Job. Dating. Marriage. Children. And out of all those, he emphasized the importance of a stable 9 to 5. You mustn't aim higher or you'll only fail. The rich will stay rich, and us poor folk need to keep our heads down. For all his steadfastness, what he forgot is that the house's value could also go to the complete opposite way. Thanks to an ingenious scheme that our rich neighbors came up with, our plot of land became wetter and wetter every year. The first house to do it were the Manderleys. They were a bunch of snobs who came down from the city when they heard our school district was the best in the country. Mummy, who are those poor people living next to our mansion? Shoo! Son, don't look at them! Poverty is contagious! Ugh. They made a canal where their sink water was dumped into, and it all flowed into our plot. Of course they kept it a secret, and nobody found out until it was too late. The rich guys got fined by the city. But it was too late. Our plot of land became a swamp, and its value was deemed worthless. Dad held on for nothing. I guess that was what broke his spirit. He and Mom just gave up and just lived on a day-to-day -day basis. They no longer dreamed of a better future. To further humiliate him, our rich neighbors held a charity drive for my dad and us. And during the embarrassing ceremony, the Manderleys made an exaggerated show by offering Dad a job at their agency. 
as a clown for a kid's party. And he took it. He had no other choice. Every household in that suburb hired him. And it hurt to see people laughing. Not because they found him funny, but because he did whatever it took for spare change. And still, he didn't sell the house. So, my whole life, I had to live in a swamp. My classmates called me an ogre because of it. I heard the Manderly kids started the nickname. Every time I passed by, they would plug their noses or pinch them closed and tell me I stunk of swamp. It was one of the most embarrassing moments in my life when I finally got to sit beside my longtime crush in chemistry, and she fainted after she held her breath because she believed the rumor that I smelled bad. I did get to talk to Opal after I took her to the infirmary, and she realized the rumors weren't true. Opal was an outcast, just like me, and so we bonded straight away. We laughed it off and we became friends, so it wasn't all bad. Unfortunately, the entire school only heard about the part where a girl fainted because of my smell. That made me the laughingstock for quite a while. I was called Stinky Petey, and for three whole years, I battled that nickname. In senior year, I almost won, and some people started calling me Pete again. Until some nosy first year asked someone on the basketball team why there was a graffiti of my nickname in the locker room. Then the joke got told over and over again. Luckily, I had Opal. She never stopped defending me. She grew more beautiful as time passed and she got rid of her braces. Suddenly, she was popular. Some people even called her the Queen Bee, but she refused the title because she thought it was vain. When a guy from the football team tried to ask her out, she grabbed my hand and pulled me into a surprising kiss in front of everyone. I melted. I felt sparks. Obviously, I dreamed of escaping that life. And it got so frustrating that I couldn't do anything because I was poor. So, I condensed all that frustration and all those impossible dreams, and I poured them into something I was good at. I loved to draw. And I loved to tell stories. So, whenever I felt down in the dumps, or whenever I wanted to scream, I drew. And I wrote stories. I would make little comic strips about my day or how terrible high school was. And when Opal and I got to hang out, she would beg me over and over until I finally relented and showed her the comics for that week. She would laugh at all of them, and she would feel bad for the main character when the story was a sad one. Either way, the afternoon would end with her wiping tears from her eyes as she begged me for more. You know you have to publish these, right? <laughs> Don't be silly. I'm serious. These are really good. You're just saying that because you're my friend. So you're saying I have no taste. Uh, that's not what I'm saying at all. Opal would nag me a lot. But she was always there for me. And she always wanted to see me succeed. She was the only light in my dark life. Not even my parents believed I could achieve anything. One day, as I was walking through the quad, I noticed people laughing and pointing at me. More than usual. And they were looking at their phones. I rifled through the school's group chat, and there they were. My creations. For everyone to see. And laugh at. Opal had betrayed me. They were all laughing. And not because I was funny. They laughed at my drawings. Called me a loser. One girl threw a pickle at my face. Ha! <laughs> Wannabe! I fought battles on two fronts by myself. 
one at school and the other at home. You're born poor. You'll live the rest of your life poor. That's just life. It's pointless to even try. The rich grow richer, and the poor get poorer. And whenever I would show them my report card or a medal I'd gotten, they'd just brush it off like it meant nothing. Once, when I made the mistake of showing them my drawings, my dad tore them in front of me and threw them into the fireplace. I don't have time to look at your silly scribbling. Can't you see I'm busy figuring out how to pay our bills? Don't bother your dad. Here I am, breaking my back for this family. And you spend good money on paper and paintbrushes. You're wasting all my hard work. You're wasting your time on pointless things. But I had big dreams. And I tried to make them realize that I was serious about making comics. So, I did what Opal told me to do. I published them on a free site where people read webtoons. On my first day, I got one view. And I began doubting myself again. But by the second day, I had a hundred comments on the first chapter I submitted. All of them clamoring for more chapters. I was shamed for my art in real life, and yet online I was a star. I gotta admit, living that secret life was exciting. I ran to the nearest cafe, ordered one coffee so I could get free Wi-Fi, and uploaded as many chapters as that free Wi-Fi would allow. By the end of the month, I had people sending me donations and supporting me because they loved my series so much. A lot of them were kids like me who were struggling at school and had nobody to talk to. At first, I only got something like a hundred bucks a week. But then, my account grew. After a couple of months, I had over 100,000 subscribers. The money was pouring in. There were donations, tips, subscriptions to my Patreon. I was finally able to make a living out of the thing I loved the most. And the best part? The hype got so big that Getflix wanted to make it into a show. But it felt hollow. Opal was the reason I kept drawing, and... She wasn't with me. Uh, uh, hello? We wanted to get your answer about Getflix acquiring the license for your comic strips. We'd love to start shooting the series as soon as possible. I was gobsmacked. I was half expecting that email to be a scam. Are you still there? Okay, you're a tough negotiator. I said 300 grand in the email, but we can go as high as half a million. For the first season. Sound good? They paid me up front. And I couldn't help myself. I called Opal. She congratulated me, and then she broke down sobbing. It wasn't me. I swear. I'm so sorry. The Manderly kids took my phone, and when they saw your drawings, they... They told me they'd have your dad fired if I tried to stop them. I ran to Opal's house, and as soon as I saw her... I embraced her, and I peppered her with kisses. There's nothing to forgive. They'll get what's coming to them. I wanted to surprise my parents with a huge gift. I was going to buy them a house, and I was going to do it on my 18th birthday. But the night before... My I was out with Opal the whole day, and when I got home, my mom and dad were waiting for me in the living room. Dad took out my tablet and laptop. 
Where'd you get these, huh? You stealing from us? D there's nothing to steal. Don't you get smart with me. Been telling you for a year now. Go to your Uncle Howard and work at his shop so you can help us with the bills. And all this time, you've been wasting My your name's time. Pete. My name's Pete. Doodling? Your dad and I are very disappointed. It's what I love to do. It's my passion, and it's going to be my career. What? Selling scribbles? Wake up, son. You're poor. Your parents are broke. And you will be broke just like us. So stop struggling. Instead of wasting your time, if you just go and work for your uncle, he won't pay you much, but... You need a bit of reality check, Peter. You can do nothing on your own. So you might as well help us. I grabbed my stuff from my dad and stomped up the stairs. You better be ready to sell those gadgets if we come up short of the bill this month. I couldn't take it anymore. I packed my bags and snuck out when they thought I was asleep. I took a cab to the fanciest hotel in the city and I splurged for the very first time in my life. I got myself the presidential suite. I tipped every waitress at the Japanese restaurant a thousand bucks, and by the end of dinner, they were feeding me by my hand. I had trays upon trays of dessert sent up to my mom, and I lay on the most comfortable bed I'd ever laid on, surrounded by 30 different dishes that cost over $10,000. I woke up early and went straight to a real estate agency, and I saw that a mansion in the same street as our house was up for sale. And I had a wicked smile when I realized that it was the neighbor who was the first to dump water into our lot. I couldn't help but be tempted by a double revenge. As soon as I got home, Mom and Dad began asking me where I'd been. I ignored them. Instead, I started putting my stuff into boxes, and then I moved them to the curb. After a while, the moving company I had hired turned up, and they started moving the boxes and carrying them next door. What? What are you doing? You said I can do nothing by myself. So that's what I'm doing. A very, very sweet nothing. I flashed my bank account at him and his jaw fell to the ground. Oh crap. Is that who I think it is? Gabby, my girlfriend, looked in the direction I was looking at. Who is it? Just then, my stepmother, Nicole, walked up to the bar. Hey, let me get a martini. She looked across at Gabby before returning her gaze to me. Follow me now. We walked out of the bar and she turned to me. So this is why you asked your father to let you live away from home? She said, waving her hand at the building. Look, I... I'm really not interested in anything you have to say. I know about your little trust fund that daddy handed over when you turned 18. So, unless you want Daddy to catch a hissy fit about this little activity that you are doing, you will supply all of my demands, since your Daddy decided to put me on a budget. Nicole smiled slyly as she ran her hand along my jawline. She turned and cackled as she walked inside. Before I continue, let me introduce myself. I'm Preston. Just a quick reminder to like this video and subscribe to our channel. Smash that notification bell so every time one of our crazy videos comes out, you'll be notified. Your phone's ringing. Gabby yelled into the kitchen. I'm coming. I piled the snacks and drinks onto the tray and hustled to the living room. I placed the tray on the center table and grabbed my phone. I rolled my eyes and answered. What do you want, Nicole? 
I hope it's not an attitude that I'm detecting from you. Anyway, did you deposit the $5,000 into my account like I told you to? Yes, Nicole. Good. And next time you decide to catch an attitude, I just might let it slip to your father about what I saw a few weeks ago. Don't you ever forget whose game this is. The phone went dead. I sank down into the sofa beside Gabby and rubbed my temples. What did the Wicked Witch of the West want now? The same thing she's wanted ever since she laid eyes on me. To ruin my life. I never knew my mother growing up. Dad said that she woke up one day and decided she didn't want to be a wife and a mother anymore, so she left. When I was around age 12, Dad married Nicole. I'm not sure if he married her for love or to keep an extra set of eyes on me. And I knew Nicole only married Dad for his money. Sometimes I wish I could hold her up to the light and show Dad how fake she was. You know, just how you can identify fake money. Anyway, I couldn't wait to get out of the house from Dad and Nicole. I wasn't allowed to do anything I wanted at home, and Dad always told me that one day I would take over his company. Dad said that he would pay my tuition for college only if I went to the same college that he did. I convinced him, however, to let me live away from home. He said if he heard me getting into any mischief outside, that I would have to return home to live. Which brings us back to my present dilemma. What is she trying to blackmail you for now? Gabby looked at me amused. She said she's going to tell Dad about me working at the bar. If she does tell him, then I have no choice but to go back home and live there. Dad is looking for any opportunity to get me back under his roof. And Nicole knows this. She knows about the trust fund and now she's extorting money from me. The only way to stop someone from blackmailing you? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's to find something that you can blackmail them for. It's quite simple if you ask me. Gabby smiled, a twinkle in her eyes. It's time to put on your big boy pants and deal with Nicole on a different level. I knew there was a reason I liked you. I laughed. <laughs> I like the way you think. Gabby and I decided that we would take turns following Nicole. We thought that this would be better since Dad was a well-known businessman. We didn't want to risk hiring outside help and then get blackmailed for what he found on Nicole. After following Nicole for about three weeks, we couldn't find anything out of the ordinary to blackmail Nicole with. We did find out, however, that she was seeing a counselor a few days a week, which we found odd, but we couldn't get past the lobby if we didn't have an appointment. I decided that I would become a client of her counselor to see if I could get something that we could hold against Nicole. As I waited for an elevator to head to my first meeting with the counselor, the elevator doors opened and I turned around quickly as I noticed Nicole in the elevator. I looked over my shoulder to make sure she left the building before waiting for another elevator to head to my meeting. Phew, that was close. I sat outside his door until the secretary told me it was okay to enter. 
I opened the door and saw an older gentleman sitting next to a sofa. He stood and welcomed me. He introduced himself as Mr. Khan. The only thing on his desk was a photo of a young girl around age five. I surveyed the room with my eyes to see if anything stood out about the counselor, but nothing did. Preston. Mr. Khan's voice jolted me back to reality. Are you ready to begin? I nodded my head and we began our session. Nothing out of the ordinary happened for the first few weeks. I almost forgot that I was there to get information that I could blackmail Nicole with. Until one session changed all of that. I'm sorry, Mr. Khan. His secretary burst into the room. I told her that you were in a session, but she insisted on seeing you now. I've been calling you for the past 30 minutes. Nicole pushed the secretary aside. She was so focused on Mr. Khan that I was invisible to her. We have to go and check on Patrice now. You remember her, your daughter. The doctor said something came up. Let's go. Nicole stormed out of the office. Mr. Khan cleared his throat. <clears throat> Sorry about the interruption. How about we pick this up another day? I nodded and opened the door cautiously. I peeked outside to make sure that Nicole was nowhere around. As I made my way out of the building, I called Gabby and told her that I finally found something on Nicole. We decided to meet in my apartment that night. Okay, so what did you find out about the wench? Gabby asked as soon as I opened the door for her. She barged into my sessions today. I don't even think she realized I was there. Get to the meat of the convo. What did you find out? Gabby was impatient. Apparently, I walked towards my laptop and sat down. Nicole has a daughter, and apparently with the doctor. I thought that maybe if I looked for Nicole's name or the doctor's on the internet, that maybe something about their daughter would pop up. Well, it's worth a shot. Check for any type of accidents that could have occurred as well. We couldn't find anything on Nicole or the doctor. We got lucky when an mm -hmm. article popped up and a picture with Mr. Khan, Nicole, and a teenager popped up. About nine years ago, a drunk driver hit a 16-year-old girl, Nyla George, while she was crossing the street. The article said that one person died that day. No name of the person who died or the driver was mentioned. If she's still married to Mr. Khan, then that means she and dad aren't married. But why go through all the charade? We'll need to find out Mr. Khan's and Nicole's real names to piece the puzzle together. Tomorrow, we head for the hospital. The next day, Gabby and I entered the hospital. Gabby said that she was looking for her cousin, Nyla George. The receptionist gave her the name of the room number and we went in search of the room. We decided that Gabby would sneak into the room while I stood guard since patients' files were kept in their rooms. I sat with a magazine right outside Nyla's room as Gabby went in. After a few seconds, Gabby came out. Just as she was about to close the door, the doctor came around the corner. Hey, what are you two doing? Let's go. I grabbed Gabby's hand and ran out of the hospital before the security guard caught up with us. We jumped into the car and sped out of the hospital parking lot. When we were a good way off, I turned to Gabby. So, are you going to keep me in suspense? What did you find out? Nicole's real name is Afia George, and Mr. Khan's real name is David George. But why the aliases? I looked at Gabby, who was now looking through her phone. I just found another article where Nicole spoke out about the cover-up of the identity of the drunk driver who also killed his wife. The car screeched to a halt. The sounds of angry drivers and car horns zoomed past. Before she even said the name, I knew who it was. A feeling of dread washed over me. The name of the drunk driver was Alvin Bird. Alvin Bird. That was my dad's name. I turned the car around and headed for dad's office. For the past nine years, he made me believe that my mother walked out on me. For nine years, he made me believe that she was the bad one, only to find out that he had killed her because of his drunk driving. My fingers clenched the steering wheel as I zigzagged through the traffic. I pulled up to my dad's office and ran into the building. I climbed the stairs two at a time until I reached his office floor. 
I pushed open every conference and office door calling for him until someone told me that he already left for the day. I ran downstairs and headed back to the car. When I got to the car, Gabby was standing outside with her arms folded. I'm not getting back in there with you if that's how you are going to drive. Well, suit yourself. I hopped into the driver's seat and sped off, leaving Gabby in the parking lot. I tried calling Dad as I raced to the house, but it went straight to voicemail. I pulled up into the driveway, hopped out of the car, and ran into the house. Dad, where are you? Mr. and Mrs. Bird left a few minutes ago, the housekeeper said. Do you know where they went? He told me this morning he had some meeting with a counselor. Thanks. I went back to the car frustrated and slammed my hands on the wheel. Damn it! I ran my hands through my hair. I pulled out my phone and called the police. I told them that there was a kidnapping, and I told them where Dad was being kept. As I hung up, I hoped that I was right about the location and that Dad was okay. By the time I got to the counselor's office, the parking lot only had two cars, and one was Dad's. I walked cautiously towards the building. One guard was making his rounds outside. When he moved to the back of the building, I slipped inside. The other guard was sitting in the chair by the monitors with his head tilted back. I bolted up the steps until I came to the floor with Mr. Khan's office. I looked around. The hallway was clear. I went to the door and turned the knob slowly and pushed it. Nothing. The door was locked. I pressed my ear on the door as I tried to hear anything that would let me know if Dad was okay. But the door was too thick. I decided to squeeze under the secretary's desk and hide, which was covered on all sides until the door opened. A few minutes later, I heard the door open. I peeped around the desk and watched as Nicole stormed out of the office. I silently edged my way to the door before it closed and slipped inside the office. In front of me, Mr. Khan's back was turned to me as he landed another blow onto my father's face. I walked up to Mr. Khan, spun him around and landed a blow to his right cheek. Mr. Khan and I scuffled around the office, knocking over things and finding anything we could get our hands on to get the upper hand over the other. I was finally able to knock out Mr. Khan and sat on the floor next to him exhausted. Suddenly, I heard a noise behind me and spun around. I watched in shock as Nicole collapsed over me. Gabby looked down at the both of us with a smug smile as she casually held a baseball bat on her shoulder. You always go into battle prepared. She winked at me. I smiled. I pushed Nicole off me and Gabby and I untied Dad and placed him to lie on the floor. He was barely conscious. We used the ropes to tie up Mr. Khan and Nicole. While we were doing that, the police came. We told them everything we knew as they hauled Nicole and Mr. Khan away. Dad was taken to the hospital. Are you okay? Gabby glanced at me concerned. Yeah, I'm fine. Meet over at my place? There's something I need to do first. She nodded. That night, I finished moving all of my things from Dad's. I also cleared out his safe and the money from the trust fund into another account. When I got to the apartment, I told Gabby that I wasn't sure if I could forgive Dad for lying to me about Mom. It was time that I lived life by my rules. I dropped out of college and went to a community college that I could afford. Gabby and I moved in together, and I continued working part-time as a bartender. One night before going to bed, my phone rang. Who's calling this late? Gabby looked at me. It was Dad. Nobody. I switched off the phone, turned off the light, and went to bed. Meanwhile, at the hospital. Nyla's eyes fluttered open. Doctor, she's finally awake! The nurse yelled into the hall. I was sitting in the lounge watching TV. It was a typical Saturday afternoon in our house, and even though I complained to mom sometimes about being bored, the truth is, I liked spending time with my mom. I guess the reason we were so close is because I had never really known my dad. He had disappeared one day when I was about five years old. It had been more than ten years since we had seen him, and we never heard from him again. 
Suddenly, I heard the sound of someone hammering on the front door. Go answer that for me, will you, Jake? Oh, Mom, I'm in the middle of a program. Jake, come on. I'm busy here. I opened the door. When I saw who was standing there, I screamed. Dad! Hello, Jake. What? I mean, how? I mean... Well, aren't you going to invite me in? I opened the door and my dad walked past me and into the kitchen. Crash! I heard the sound of a plate smashing on the floor and then my mom shrieking. Oh my god! Darling, you're back! But before I go on, make sure you like and subscribe and hit that notification bell if you want a chance to earn a billion dollars too. When I walked into the kitchen, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. My mom was hugging my dad and her face was beaming with delight. Where have you been for the last 10 years? You just upped and left without a word? Who does that? That doesn't matter now, Jake. Just be happy that your dad is home. You might be able to forgive and forget easily, but I want an explanation. Jake's right. Sit down, both of you. I will explain everything. My dad told us how he had gone to Mexico on a business trip. But when he got there, he had been framed for a crime he didn't commit. I've spent the last 10 years in jail. I had no way to contact you, to let you know what had happened. So you want us to believe that they wouldn't even let you make a phone call? Nothing? To let us know where you were? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You have no idea what it's like in a Mexican jail. I had no rights. Oh, darling, it must have been awful for you. But at least you're home now. Yes, as soon as they let me out, I came straight here. I just want to be with you and Jake. I looked at my mom incredulously. Well, she might believe his story, but I was still suspicious. I didn't want to upset mom, though, especially as she looked so happy to have dad back. So I decided to let it go. Anyway, it's good to have you home, Dad. It's good to be home, son. When I went to school on Monday, I couldn't wait to find my best friend Tom and tell him what had happened. You're not going to believe it. My dad is home. What? Oh my god, you haven't seen him since you were five. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Did he tell you why he hasn't contacted you before now? Oh, he came up with some story about being in jail in Mexico, but I don't know whether to believe him or not. Well, that's not something you'd make up, surely. I don't know, bro. I just think it's a bit suspicious, you know? Do you think your dad realizes you don't believe his story? Probably. I've been giving him the cold shoulder ever since he arrived. Well, I think you should stop being so suspicious and just be happy he is back. I guess you're right. After my conversation with Tom, I decided I would give my dad the benefit of the doubt and just get on with making up for lost time. Once I let my suspicions go, I began to really enjoy having my dad home again. It was nice having someone to talk about sports with and watch horror movies with. Mom hated that kind of stuff, so I rarely got to do it. Hey, it's your birthday soon, isn't it, Jake? We should do something special. Just the two of us. That would be great, Dad. What do you have in mind? I don't know. Maybe go watch a baseball game or something? Yes, I'd really like that. Okay, leave it to me. I'll get us some tickets. My birthday arrived, and as promised, Dad got us tickets to see a game. We were just about to leave the house when Mom came flying down the stairs. Wait, wait! Before you go, I have a present for you. She handed me a small box. I opened it up. Wow, Mom, that's really nice. Thank you. It was a necklace with the charm of a star on it. Put it on. Put it on now. Ah, uh, okay, okay, Mom. You must wear it all the time, every day, all right? I had no idea why my mom was being so insistent, but I agreed to wear it all the time. I had so much fun at the game with Dad. That was the best birthday ever. I'm glad you enjoyed it. My dad had slipped back into our lives as though he had never been away. I was really happy to have him back and stopped being suspicious of him. Until one day, something really weird happened. So, I was in math class and Mr. Healy was droning on about algebra. I happened to look out of the window 
and I got the shock of my life. What on earth is my dad doing creeping around the school grounds? He looked like he was trying to avoid being seen. But why would he do that? As soon as I got home, I went and confronted him. What were you doing at my school today? What are you talking about, Jake? I saw you. You were creeping around the school grounds. You must have been mistaken, Jake. I didn't go to your school today. I was really confused. I had thought for sure that it had been my dad. I guess it must have been someone else. He sure did look like you, though. Well, they do say everyone has a twin somewhere. <laughs> I still felt a bit puzzled, but I had other things to worry about. Like, what was I going to write about for my school essay? My teacher had given us a task to do for homework. We had to write an essay. It could be on any subject. I'd been racking my brains trying to come up with a good idea. Then it came to me. I know what I'll write about. I'll write about the history of my school. My school had been on that site for a very long time. I bet I could find out lots about how it was first built and its history. I started to do my research and it didn't take me long to find lots of information. I spent the next two hours scribbling away. Finally, the essay was finished. I put down my pen and went downstairs to get a drink. When I got back to my room, I was surprised to see that my dad was sitting at my desk and reading my essay. What's up, dad? My dad jumped up, startled. Oh, uh, uh, uh hi there, Jake. Uh, I didn't see you there. I wondered why he was acting so weird, all fidgety and nervous. Is everything all right, dad? Yeah, yeah, I, I just remembered. I, I have to do something downstairs. He walked out of my room without saying another word. What was that all about? And as if what happened then wasn't strange enough, the next morning, things got even weirder. I had packed my essay in my school bag with all my books and put it by the front door while I went to give my mom a kiss goodbye. But when I walked back out of the kitchen, I saw my dad was searching through my school bag. Hey, dad. Oh, hey, son. I'm just, uh, I packed you an extra oatmeal bar for lunch. Don't want you going hungry. Thanks. When I got to class, my teacher was already there. Just put your essay on my table and take a seat. I opened my bag and began to search for my essay. It was missing. I know I put it in there. Jake, why didn't you complete your essay? I did, miss. I know I put it in my bag, but now it's not there. I could tell that she didn't believe me. Come on, Jake. You need to do better. You have until the end of the day to get your completed essay to me. Sorry, miss. I sat down at my desk and went over and over in my head what I had done that morning. I know I packed my essay. I wonder if my dad might have taken it by accident when he was putting the oatmeal bar in for me. At lunch break, I decided that I would give my dad a call to see if he had seen my essay. Maybe he'll be able to bring it to school for me. I went to my locker and took out my phone. I punched in dad's number and waited to hear it ringing. Wait a minute, that's dad's phone. I could hear the sound of my dad's phone ringing and it appeared to be coming from the vent next to my locker. Why would my dad's phone be inside the vent? I decided I would do some investigating. I pulled off the vent cover and climbed inside. I followed the sound of it ringing. I hadn't gone very far when I suddenly found myself in some sort of cave. And what was even more shocking, I wasn't alone. Dad! Standing before me was my dad wearing climbing gear and carrying a torch and a bag in one hand. In his other hand, I could see he had a hold of my essay. What's going on? Why have you got my essay? My dad gave a sigh and began to explain. This essay of yours is worth a billion dollars. What are you talking about? You're not making sense. Allow me to explain, son. Under this school is a secret treasure. There's been rumors of it, but no real clue as to where it might be. But in your essay, you wrote that the school was founded by someone called Subterra. So what's that got to do with it? Subterra means underground in Latin. 
I thought that it might be a clue as to where the treasure was, so I decided to do some exploring. That's when I found this cave. But there's no treasure here. There might be. We just need to look for it. Come on, you're going to help me, aren't you? I was a bit hesitant at first, but finally I told Dad I would help him look. We began to look around the cave, trying to see any sign of where something could be hidden. Then I saw it. It was a rock on the floor. Something about it looked fake. I went over and pushed against it. Sure enough, it moved easily, revealing a trap door underneath it. Over here, Dad. As soon as my dad saw the trap door, he opened it up. You will never believe what was behind it. A huge diamond. That's it, Jake. That's it. What is it? It's only one of the most valuable and rare diamonds in the world. It's worth a billion dollars easily. I picked up the diamond and looked at it, but suddenly a thought flashed across my mind. Dad, I have to ask you something, and I want you to tell me the truth. Huh? What about? Is all the stuff about you being in jail really true? Yes, of course it is. And you came back for me and mom, right? Not the treasure? My dad seemed hesitant. If you don't tell me the truth, I will smash this diamond right here, right now. Okay, okay, I haven't been completely honest. I, I never went to jail. I spent the last 10 years in Mexico, yes, but not in jail. I've been leading an organization that specializes in finding and, well, stealing treasure. I'd heard rumors of the treasure at this school, and since you and your mom were here too, well, it's a win-win situation, right? I was so hurt when I heard what he said, and angry too. We trusted you. You only came back for the treasure. How could you? But my dad didn't seem to care how I felt. He just shrugged his shoulders. Come on, Jake. Don't be silly. We can sell the diamond and split the profit between us. You just need to keep quiet about it. And what if I say no? Well, that wouldn't be a good idea. If you did that, I'd have to get rid of you. I could see by his face that he meant it, and I could use the money to help my mom, so I agreed to split it with him. Good boy, you've made the right decision. Now come on, let's get out of here. Dad and I made our way back out of the cave and through the vent. We had just got back into the school building when, all of a sudden, alarms started ringing. Quick, we have to get out of here. Follow me. I ran after my dad, down the corridor to the entrance of the school. But as we were about to leave the building, we were suddenly surrounded by police. You're under arrest. We know you have stolen the diamond. It was him. I didn't have anything to do with it. I couldn't believe it. My dad was laying all the blame on me. How can he betray me like this? With his word against mine, I was probably going to end up in jail. Suddenly, I saw my mom appearing from behind the police. Her face looked grim, like she already knew what had happened. I have all the evidence you will need here. In her hand, she was holding a USB stick. This is a recording of my husband's conversation with my son. In it, he admits to leading an organization in Mexico for stealing treasure. How on earth did you get that, Mom? She pointed at my necklace. I didn't trust your dad right from the start. So I put a recording device into the star on your necklace. I felt sure that sooner or later, he would reveal the truth to you. But I thought you believed his story. I'm sorry. I should have been honest with you, but I just wanted to find out the truth. Can you forgive me? Of course I can. Anyway, he's getting his karma now. Mom and I watched as the police handcuffed my dad and led him away. He was arrested and put into jail for a long time. I'm glad. Now me and mom can finally live our lives in peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.